Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you Inky Savages are joining us. Savages? Whatever time it is that you Inky Savages are joining us for episode number 163 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. It is a beautiful Saturday morning. It is May 13th, and we are very happy to be here with you. Last week, we kind of had to skip, but we're going to just, I guess, start shifting things to the weekend. It gives me more time for doing this and editing and stuff like that. Of course, I do have to check with Tom to make sure that he can do Saturdays and stuff like that. You good with Saturdays, Tom? Uh, we'll see. Because, I mean, there is soccer we'll see. on Saturdays, so, but today, mm. not. But, we'll yeah, we'll oh, figure okay. something out. We always figure something yeah. out. Yeah, we always figure something out, but so apologies for the delayed episode. But this week, Tom is going to talk to you about a pen that is coming from... This is where you jump in. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is coming from is Bennu. Right. Actually, we... I just got a text message from Bryce right now. Really? Because I know a lot of people have been looking for this pen. And this pen has actually graced the Gold Spot Pens website before. It is the Bennu Talisman Sakura Cherry Blossom. Mm, it cherry is blossom. presently on its way, and the reason why I'm being a little bit slow with the delivery on this, I'm not trying to slow roll you or pause for a dramatic response. I'm actually looking on my phone right now to right. see the tracking information that uh, they had provided for us. So I'm just mm -hmm. taking a look at that here. So it's coming, huh? You know, it's funny, because I texted him like 15 minutes ago, and he hasn't responded to me, but he just texted you right now. So let him know that we're recording, and I'm pissed off that he's not responding to me. Well, that's the thing, is I told him, I told him, the reason why I'm texting you on a Saturday morning is because Roy and I are going to be recording very shortly, so, uh, so what we got here. I don't think that this is, wait, this is the right one? It says on the way. Is this, is this seriously the right one? Sorry, it's just... A label created on the way. Okay, so that is the right. Oh, so it's actually going to be arriving by Monday, it says. So Monday, May 15th, we should oh, receive nice. that shipment of Bennu Sakuras in Madawan. However, do not hold me to this because sometimes that may shift or change or whatever. And plus, sometimes the UPS guy does not come until later on in the afternoon. By that point, Monday is already a busy day, so we may not get to the shipments until later on in the afternoon. That way, it usually will get processed and be there for the next day. Right. So, yeah, so that's going to be a big thing because a lot of people have been looking for this Bennu Sakura Talisman, and it is a beautiful pen. It's pink and it's blue, and it's got shimmery flowers on it. It is all the things just awesome that you would expect with a Bennu pen because it right. has all that over-the-top glittery shimmery goodness and the colors and the swirling of the resins you just don't see anything like it and the first shipment if I remember correctly the first shipment of 150 pens just pretty much sold out within a day it was about a day or two completely gone mm -hmm. now there's wait lists for this pen and when I say that I mean, I have insider information knowing how many people are on the wait list for each nib size. And if you gather all of those email addresses up, it is over 200 people total. So I am not oh, joking wow. when I say this, that the moment that it hits the website, we're going to have to do some sort of like, you know, saying that 
at this time we're going to officially make the inventory available because I think that it, it will be another instantaneous just completely gone. So mm-hmm. don't take my word for it that it'll be on the website on Monday. Uh, we'll probably have to plan something a little bit just this week. Uh, that was when is this episode going to air? Is it going to air today? On it's going to air today. Yeah, it's going to be Saturday. Okay. So we're not that late because we did make an episode last week, right? We had an uh-huh. episode last week, so we're not technically that late. We're in the calendar week. We're we're still within the calendar week. Yes, yes. we're still within the calendar. But I wish weeks. I could be more regular. Yeah. Yes. So the Sakura is a very nice sky blue pen with swirls of pink and flowers on it. It kind yes. of reminds me of a cousin to the unicorn barf color, right? Wouldn't you say? Or Fair enough, fair enough. I also right? so, think it looks very similar to that Diamond Cast SD that was out there. The uh, one was like cotton candy. It looks very similar to that too, like in terms mm-hmm. of the coloration. But in terms of the, the, the flower glitter pieces that are in there, there's really nothing else that looks like it. It's Right. It's it like really as though nice. the cherry blossoms are floating in the blue breeze, you know, and you've got mm-hmm. the pink in there too. It's just It's just a very colorful gorgeous unique one-of-a-kind pen right. and it's gonna be really the last 150 pieces that's it there's not gonna really be more why would that. they do that knowing that they make so much money off, i mean rather knowing people want it so much and then they sell out so quickly right so it's not like oh hey this is a limited edition of 150 pieces they're numbered and we're gonna do a second batch haha <laughs> gotcha everybody mm-hmm. who bought the first 150 you you had fomo and you know we maximized the sales efforts on that and now we're doing another 150 as a money grab that's not the case the case is people just want it so if this 150 is going to sell out which it will because you have 200 people over 200 people on the wait list and 150 pieces coming that means 50 people are going to be left in the in the dust potentially why not why not just make more like they're they're the company's job is their sole function is to make pens they so have a formula to satisfy the people, right? So. And they have a formula that is fiercely successful. Make more. Why mm-hmm. make this one the last one? Because now well, that you said, wait, hold on a second. Now that okay. you said that this is the last 150, you're locking that company into never being able to do it again. Because if they do do it again, after someone says this is the last 150, you've just fooled this second batch of 150 buyers into rushing into buying it just for them to come out with another one where they didn't have to. So if you're sure that, you know what I mean? Right. If, I'm if fairly you're absolutely positive. sure. Fairly positive. You're fairly positive? Yeah, so right. the, the thing is, it isn't numbered, right? So you didn't uh-huh. necessarily have to say, okay, well then that's it. But at the same time, you know, there's so many different projects like Armenian Paklava and then everything else that we have several ideas that we're going mm. to get prototypes made for later on in the year. So there's a lot of things that we want to do, a lot of things that we still want to produce and, and come up with some crazy ideas that would be fun. So, you know, to be kind of stuck on the same thing and just continue to producing it, especially since we do have to get 300 at a time, uh, you know, it's... Mm. It's like there's the minimum orders, and it's just like, well, do you want to buy into more of them? And then the kind of the interest wanes on it because this is a very like the pen industry is a very like it's almost kind of like fashion at this point where it's right. you know the styles get hot, and then after a while people are all into it, and then they kind of switch on to something else, something else that's I mean just think of like Diamond right. Cast. Diamond Cast wasn't around like 
you know, wasn't really much of a thing like 10 years ago. But now, right. you know, putting a pen out in Diamond Cast is fairly common. So, but then, you know, when you look at a Diamond Cast pen, you're like, well, I could see a lot of other pens that are like that these days. And then you start to look at Bennu pens and you're like, holy crap, now there's like glitter in the pen and it looks right. over the top smart. So, you know what I'm saying? Like things like taste and stuff change. So you want to kind of keep being fresh. And even when something is really popular, Maybe just kind of say, hey, you know what? Kind of like Nintendo, like how Nintendo does things, where it's like they never seem to have quite the number of whatever it is that people want available, but it leaves them wanting more. Right, but it, but they 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 keep you guessing. So Nintendo is different in the case because what they this is the what this is what first of all just interjecting really myself really quick. This is why we shouldn't do <laughs> unscripted sponsorship reads because we go off on tangents. No, but listen, Nintendo is different because they keep people guessing. They don't say this is 150 copies of the the game and then right. when it runs out, everybody rushed to buy it because they said there's only 150. And right. then two months later, be like, hey, here's another 150. This is the last one. And then three months later, hey, here's another 150. You're going to piss people off. So okay. either say that this is the last 150 and then let it be the last forever and never backtrack on that. Because if you right. do, you lose credibility. Right. Or say there's a possibility that there's going to be another 150. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because this is such a popular pen. Why make this the last 150? Why say it's going to be the last 150 if there's a potential that there's going to be more in the future, right? If you're right. going to close the door on this one today by saying this is the last 150, then let it be the last 150 and kill any possibility. Because otherwise, people who rush to buy the first 150 and the second 150, they're right. going to be pissed off. You know what I mean? Well, I'll just tell you it's not 100% my call because I have – bosses gold spots bosses will the owners will might say hey it's sold out in like two and a half minutes i think we need to you know make another batch of these because okay. we because there's so there's also too is that we have to consider the the feelings of you know well not only the company but also then the the customers as well right people will be calling us very very upset and I, right. I hear it from customer service. It's like, look, these people have been asking about the talisman. They're really hoping they could get one. Are they going to, when is it shipping and all this stuff? And then let's say if it does sell out in two and a half minutes and then, you know, half of the people who wanted to buy them, you know, said, hey, you know, I, I wasn't able to get them. You know, and then we're being like, you know what? They, they didn't have a, a number on them. Like then we could, you know, we'll have to make more just because of the demand is so ridiculously high for them. So okay, you know, so then I need you. I'm, to, I'm not going to say like 100. percent Right. Then you must restate what you said earlier. There's yes. this second batch of 150 is coming out. You don't yes. plan on having any more production runs, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. Okay, leave it open. That is a that is a very well nuanced statement. I like right. it. So you you have to. We're going with that. All right. So all that all that stuff you said where this is the last 150, like the Pentertainment Narwhal pen. Yes. Right. We had talked about it. Right. I was like, oh, wow, the 100 pieces sold out in, within the first day. Should we right. do another one? And then your response had me thinking, mm -hmm. no, we shouldn't because we numbered them. If we do another right. 100, it'll piss off the first 100 people who were like, you know what? It's warm in here. It, it is Sorry. warm in here too. So <laughs> I think that makes absolute sense. We have to respect the integrity of what we say in the first place and then stick to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Absolutely. I think there's a there's room for there's like a grace period. Like you only said it 12 minutes ago, so less than 12 minutes ago, so you can change it now because it's the same conversation. So, all right. So back to the sponsorship read that we're ad libbing. <laughs> 
The Benu Sakura Gold Spot Exclusive is being re-released with another 150 pieces. Everybody on the waiting list is probably going to have first shot at them. However, this may or may not be the last run of this pen. So pick yours up quickly. Right? That's a lot better, right? Good Instead job. of saying it's a... All right, so anyway, please check out the pen. You don't have to use my affiliate link because you're going to get an email from Goldspot. And as soon as you get that email, if you wait, you're probably not going to get the pen. So as soon as you get the email that drops, click on whatever picture that brings you to the website. But you can still use coupon code Garfield at checkout for an additional savings on the pen if you so wish to. I don't make anything off anything whenever you use the coupon code, but it does show that you are listening to the podcast, and we do appreciate that. When it comes to other stuff, other than stuff that's going to sell out in a blink of an eye where the owners of Goldspot Pen decide that they shouldn't make more for some whatever bizarre reason, it's fine, it's on them, it's not my business, I'm not telling them what to do, but I probably should, and they should probably listen, but that's fine, they're, they're, you know, who am I? Anyway, use the affiliate link in the description below to purchase all your pen stuff and use coupon code Garfield at checkout for an additional savings on all products on the Goldspot affiliate link website. And make sure to do that because using the affiliate link will help out the whole entertainment empire. Last but not least, so we covered Goldspot, we covered Luxury Brands of America, covered which is the distributor luxury of brands. pens. Right, oh, right. So Bryce. don't forget to check out. Yes, we did mention Bryce. And don't forget to check out brlcoffeeco.com and make sure to use coupon code ROY for additional savings on all your coffee products, swag, mugs, and coffee beans, grinds, or non-grinds, different roasts. It's delicious stuff. So please check them out. Please make your purchases and buy coffee. Because if you don't, he's going to be like, hey, listen, man, nobody's buying coffee with your sponsorship reads, so I can't spend money on this anymore. Anyway. Really excited to be here with you guys. We're going to do some of your comments and emails that you sent over to us. But before we get started with episode number 163, by the way, this is the longest beginning sponsorship read ever. We're, we're close to 15 minutes right now. We're at 14 minutes and 35 seconds about. But I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you haven't warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. Alright, so I want to talk about this pen that I have here. Isn't that beautiful? Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, Look at yeah. This, okay. this, this. I, I haven't had a chance to talk about this pen because I forgot and I'm stupid, but this is a gorgeous <laughs> blue, like swirly acrylic pen made by our friend Slickery Don't on mm -hmm. Instagram. And there's something and special about that pen, other than the fact that it has a very sparkly, awesomely blue acrylic resin. Yeah. So this pen is very <laughs> is hilarious. When I opened the box, I was like, wow, that is a gorgeous pen. Right? Mm -hmm. He's turning his own pens. He's not looking to sell them, he said, but I feel like we need to talk about it. He is a fan of the podcast. And after handling this pen for about a minute, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> and the reason why I was laughing out loud is because Slickery Don't is a fan of the podcast, and he intentionally made this pen, <coughs> excuse me, to cap and uncap in approximately 11 full rotations. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was unscrewing the cap, and I'm like, wait and a it minute. it just keeps is going. The... Yeah, going I'm like, is this is this cap? Is this am I unscrewing the section? What's happening here? <laughs> so this is a very beautiful pen to look at. It's an excellent fidget toy. Not the most practical when it comes to capping and uncapping because he deliberately did so. Because I make fun of pens that have three to four rotations. I'm like, it takes forever. This mm -hmm. one by far wins. Look at the thread section. Look at the thread section. It's there's like so many threads. There's so many threads. It has a number six size stainless steel Yovo nib. It's cartridge converter. It has let the capping and uncapping is less <laughs> rotations than capping and uh, than unscrewing the barrel. Right. That's funny. So this this is hilarious, and I love it. I I wish there was a way. I could shorten the thread so that I could actually use the pen, right? <laughs> but I'd have to like cut it and lathe it. I'm not doing that. I'm leaving it as is because it's hilarious. But can you yes. imagine like being at a meeting? It's like, all right, guys, I need you to take down a quick note. It's like, hold on, give me five minutes. Can we take a break? I need to uncap my pen. <laughs> it's going to take a few minutes. Hilarious, hilarious but I think pen. that's the first time ever that someone has made a pen as a practical joke. I think so. Yeah. Fantastic practical joke. It is a fantastic it was, practical joke. It was joke. absolutely, absolutely hilarious. I absolutely love it. Yeah. it and he just, makes some great stuff. He makes some great pen rests, too. Yeah, so that's, that's what I have it resting on is this wooden pen rest right here. Yeah. It's really nice. You know, just you, you place it down, right? And then you just, it's like, and if you ran out of pens and you use chopsticks often, you can do that, too. Use it for chopsticks, right? So what do you got, Tom? What's going on? What's new in the pen world? What's going on over at work? Talk to us. Well, was, I mean, now that uh, we're fully aware of this Bennu Talisman thing, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun stuff going on because I think May, there's been something new every single week. Uh, yeah. This past week, we had the Scribo, new exclusive mm -hmm. Scribo with uh, Ebonite. Uh, it's the first Scribo that is made with Ebonite. That's what took so long is that Scribo had to perfect doing those facets. As really, there's not that many. As a, usually, when you see an ebonite fountain pen, it's not faceted. It takes a lot of extra polishing and and working the material in order to do it properly. So mm -hmm. um, it was it was interesting to see the development of the project, but it took about a year um, to, right. to work through that between like picking the ebonites and then sending them over, prototyping and stuff. It's mm -hmm. so it was it was one of the longer projects. Benu, on the other hand. I feel like we send them an idea, and then we right. get back a wild, wild, wild resin. You know that looks amazing and beautiful, and they're showing it with, you know, gloves and everything. And I'm just like, wow, yeah. just how quickly they work. Um, but then for the Sakura, it just took a while for that that second batch to get over the of the 300 pens. Yeah, total, well, you so. know, you know. So I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that they're doing a lot of projects at the same time yeah. and then they don't half-ass shit so they won't like be like, alright, that's good enough, put it out, put it out it's not like that, they're like I think there was also an issue with Schmidt nibs not being it? Schmidt nibs the, the Schmidt okay. uh, yeah, so we've right. had that also too uh, earlier in the year with the ice and snow they didn't have any of the broad uh, I believe, it was broad mm. that was missing so it was just, it was like, okay, well, we'll just take the other pens for the time being and we'll wait for that other, for the other ones to come in. But they were just, yeah, sometimes like it just is weird, it's especially since Schmidt actually gets their, the metal port, at least from Yovo, 
So mm-hmm. Schmidt doesn't really like it's basically most of the nibs in the world come from either Bach or Yovo. And it's like seems to be that most companies prefer using Yovo. But the problem mm-hmm. is, is that, well, if Yovo decides we need to go on holiday or, hey, we can't make nibs or we're you know, having production issues, then mm-hmm. the rest of the fountain pen world suffers. So right. it's like a manufacturer like Bennu who uses Schmidt, who then uses Yovo, then it becomes a, a, a production issue for them too. So Right. Can you see what's happening behind me? My cat is like attacking a water bottle that I dropped on the floor some time ago. Uh, the, it's the cutest thing because that's what Garfield, they do right? is they use their yeah, what they use is they use their front paws to hold it and then they use their back feet to just like double feet kick it. It's the cutest thing and then they go so crazy and it's so hyper. Garfield. Huh? You're adorable. I love you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to just uh, go over some emails that we got on the Pentertainment podcast, as well as some comments on Instagram, if you don't mind. Sure. What, are we going to be tackling the video comments first? Well, we're going to tackle the giveaway question, because okay. on your Instagram reel, I believe it was, for Ink yes. Journal, you did say we're doing a Ink Box ink giveaway. giveaway and, yep. Yeah, Ink Flight giveaway, and we were going to do a anybody who submits questions. We got a lot of questions. So mm-hmm. I do want to do that, and then we're going to pick a winner today. Yes. Okay. So let's start. So I'm not sure if I'm allowed to read their names or not, but I guess we would have to just because otherwise we, the person how hearing would, it. How would you? I mean, maybe like first name, last initial. Right. So I'll just, I'll just go with first name, okay? So My the first question just about we to got, go nuts, by the way. So just, just to warn you, I saw the uh, mailman just pull up, so... <laughs> Just, okay, is it because okay? They have Why do something dogs against go the crazy mailman? with mailmen, right? It's uh, like universal. It's, it's, it's not exclusive to any one dog. It's everywhere, no matter what. So anyway, mm-hmm. all right. So first question we're going with is Theo's question. Theo asks, "Hello. One thing I've always wondered is whether there are any nibs that can give a stub effect for us lefty overwrites." I've always loved the italicized look, but I'm totally incapable of underwriting, okay? So for anybody listening who doesn't know what he's talking about or he's not a lefty, let's first explain the issue that lefties have. So when lefties write, they're not writing with their right hand. Well, no shit, stupid, right? But what happens is when they're writing, they're actually dragging the pen away from the spot that they're writing. That's a righty, rather. A righty drags the pen on the paper away from the direction that they're writing so there's no smearing. Right. Lefties, on the other hand, they write in, and their hand drags in the direction that they're writing. So what happens is the moment they write, the, palm, the bottom palm of their hand is rubbing across the ink. And because they're lefties, they can't get under it and write. That would be an odd, I guess, angle for them to write. So the issue with stubs or italicized nibs is since the contact point is so wide, it's either, what, 0.9 millimeters, 1 millimeter, or 1.5 millimeters, yes. it takes that much longer to dry. And as a result, what happens is they just get like a paint streak across the pen. Right. So also you have to one... drag it. You have to, you do have to drag, mm-hmm. you have to drag a, str- a stub as opposed to what they would some people might have to do if they're a lefty is they'd have to push the nib. So like you're instead of, instead of just continually going on a downstroke, 
you'd have to upstroke a lot. So with a stub, mm-hmm. try to upstroke with a stub, it's it's it doesn't really work in the same way as because it's really mm-hmm. meant to be pulled on a downstroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the question he's asking is: Is there any nibs that can do that, but also not cause that smearing? So mm-hmm. the my answer and Tom, your answer could be different. Is this one point one, one point five, one point nine by pilots? That measurement will be that measurement no matter who makes that nib, right? So like if Yovo makes a 1.5 and if Bach makes a 1.5 and if Schmidt makes a 1.5, it's going to be 1.5. It doesn't make a difference in terms of the amount of ink being laid down. I think the real question that needs to be asked here is what kind of inks can you use with a stub that would enable a lefty overwriter to write? And I can tell you right now, my ink of choice are permanent inks. I use Noodler's Black. I use Platinum Carbon Black. And both of those inks take a year and a day to dry. (laughs) So this question really does need to be answered with ink choices. And therefore, since I'm not an ink connoisseur like Tom is, Tom is going to have to answer this one. (laughs) That's your cue, Tom. Go for it. Yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, there are there are some noodlers choices you could go with that are fast dry. You go with the um, it's formerly known as the Bernatke series, but the uh, the Brevity uh, series of mm-hmm. inks. So there's Brevity Black, Blue, and Red, I believe, and Blue Black as well. That would be a choice there. I think also uh, Graf von Faber Castell makes a pretty good set of quicker dry inks that are also fairly water resistant as well. Mm -hmm. That I would also say is a good one. One thing I will also point out too is not necessarily having a stub, but if you look for double broads, uh, double broads tend to be rather stubbish in nature, but they have more of a rounded surface for the nib. So it may help with if the nib is being pushed at, at at an angle that's not that stubs would because you'd still the the problem with a stub is that it has no tipping material so you do need Mm -hmm. to have contact on both sides and pull down as opposed to like doing a push but if you've got some tipping material on it with either a a stub that has a gold nib or you have a double broad then you'd still have some tipping material and you'd have a little bit of some give on that angle Okay, you need to just be clear about what you're saying. You said you need contact on both sides, so that might sound out of context for people. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Explain what you're, explain what you're talking about when you say you need contact on yeah, both so sides. Yeah, so the nib is split into two tines. Right, and, and it's a, wide. And with it's wide, so with a stub, you need to be able to make contact fully on both sides of, on both sides of the tines in order to make the stub work because mm. it needs to have that full flush tip like in contact mm-hmm. with the paper in order to provide a full stroke. I've seen it before and it's happened to me too. So I roll my hand just slightly and if I'm pitching the pen a little bit and I'm only making contact with mostly one tine, it's either going to miss the stroke entirely or partially lay down that line of ink. So you do need right. to be very mindful with a stub that you're putting the full length of the stub's flat spot onto the paper as you're as you're dragging the nib. 
Now, like I was mm-hmm. saying, with with a stub that's a gold nib, they'll take they'll the gold nib stubs will have tipping material, and then they'll shape that tipping material into a flat, you know, it's kind of like a flat end, but it'll be somewhat rounded on the edges. Same mm-hmm. thing with a double broad, but you could define double broads and steel nibs that that will have an ample amount of tipping material, and they tend to be rather stubbish because it's such a broad, thick tip to the nib. So right. that might be a solution too. Is that well, if you like a if you like a very broad, expressive nib, go with a double broad. It tends to be rather stubbish in that it offers a little bit of line variation, and it will have an actual tip on it. So like something Kaveco, I know is right. one of the ones that makes double broads in in their nibs um, that are fairly accessible in terms of the price point and availability of double broads. Right. So I'm going to have to disagree, and not for the sake of disagreeing, because I hate it when people are like, I'm going to play devil's advocate. No, no, Just I'm with the double broad thing. Is, so, right, he's he's asking about stub effect, right? So with a yeah. double broad, you don't really get that stub effect. With the stubs, your downstroke is going to, like, imagine my Spock hand right here is Live the long. two times, right? It, the downstroke is extremely wide, and then the cross stroke is extremely not wide. Right. Like my, like I got good words. Whereas with a stub, you're getting almost a uniform broadness despite which direction you're riding. Or you meant right? with a double broad, you're getting the uniform. With a double broad, broadness. right. So it's more uniform. So you lose the stub effect. So I think that doesn't qualify in his answer because he's asking about stub specifically. Okay. And secondly, double broad also puts down a, gr- a greater amount of ink. And because it's uniform going down or across... In both instances, it's putting down a lot of ink, and I don't think that would help with the drag of the palm across it after he's writing, or she's writing, or whoever's writing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the double broad, if they're looking for just broadness, I don't think it's entire. I think it's worth experimenting with, but I don't think it's entirely the the solution if we're looking for stub effects. Bye, Garfield. Right. Leaving the room. And it's like I, I also I'm bored think... of this conversation. Enough. Yeah. Enough with this double And I don't think it's the solution. I don't think it's a solution of what happens when a pan goes across the ink because it's still laying down a good amount of ink and it's gonna smear unless you're using ink that doesn't do that. So I do like the answer with regard to the inks that you suggested well also too is that we're both right-handed i would say if Uh somebody's listening out there and has a good solution who's left-handed who has something that's worked for them before feel free to email us and then we could share that and that way we all that would be benefit we all benefit from the knowledge absolutely all right the next question thank you for the question theo the next question comes from esther i'm gonna read it hello pentertainment podcast I like to have several fountain pens on the go at once with different colored ink in each one, but, but. the ink detent the blah, but the ink tends to evaporate really quickly. Is there any way I can slow this process down? Thank thanks from Esther. Okay. So I think I think we need a little bit more specific information. Yeah, I wonder how to quickly this is one. quickly. I wonder right. what I've I also I also or how many pens there's a few th- at the same time. Right. That was my next question. So all those things affect the answer. Mm-hmm. And what kind of inks are we using? 
that is true as well. Right? There's a lot of variables right, so, at play. Right. But it's an interesting question to answer. Mm -hmm. I usually find that if I do have quite a few pens inked and I've had upwards of maybe like 10 or 12 at some times, but this was like a while ago because usually now I only maybe keep five at max at the same mm -hmm. time inked up mm. because I know I can't get to all of them regularly to work with them every day. It just is not possible for me. I need to, maybe I'll have two or three out my desk at any given day. And then the other two will get worked in the next day. It's just kind of working mm. them in and try to keep them in the rotation. And I do know that if something is not used for a while, it will then start to dry up maybe over what, like three, four weeks. If it go goes completely unused or maybe used very sparingly, well, I notice that cartridge or converter might start to show signs of ink evaporation and really there's not a lot you can do about it other than maybe wetting the nib or um, because it, it just lost its, it lost its water component. It has evaporated, so it needs to right. get juiced up again somehow. Right. So to answer the question, how can you slow the process down? There's no real way to slow the process down of, of drying, right? So if the question was asked, how do we get like there's still ink in the converter, there's still ink in the cartridge, but it dried out and now I want to get it to write. Like Tom said, I think the best way to do it is just run the faucet over the whole nib unit for like a second. Mm -hmm. It resaturates and re-wets everything and gets the capillary action flowing again. Because a lot of times ink will dry in the fins of the of the feed, fins of the feed. And some and people decide to like lick the nib. I don't, wouldn't do that because then that starts to react and you have bacteria that's in your mouth that then gets transferred to the feed. And that sometimes is what may cause when people show those pictures on social media with the, the crud and the, the fuzzies right. that happen. Well, it's reacting to some of the, the components of the ink and you're basically culturing bacteria and creating mm. little fun organisms that start uh, accumulating on your nibs. So definitely I would not yeah. suggest doing that with those. I know some people do. So, right. I mean, that's actually a good point. I do that too. I, I like lick the nib and then just start <laughs> writing and, and it works, yes. but it's also kind of gross too, you know, because forgetting about the bacteria in your mouth, but you're licking your nib it might not be clean who knows right mm -hmm. how often do you disinfect your nib but yeah you don't want it to look like it has a cordyceps infection from yes. the last of us right yeah so another another thing that i could suggest that may help may not help there's no i don't have any any anecdotal or studies to show this but keeping the pens in a case that isn't that is almost airtight like there he is like I like to use, I like to use the Esterbrook Nooks, mm -hmm. right? So I don't know if that helps with drying it's or not. It's not going to be but... like airtight. I mean, if you really right. want to go extra, you could put them in like a Ziploc bag and then you know maybe do like a little vacuum seal. But then that might end up 
breaking the pen, possibly. But, right. Can you um, imagine if you vacuum sealed your pens every time and you have to like rip open the vacuum seal? But yeah, that might I think, be. That might I be think a that is. Extra. But maybe just like a zippered or some some sort of pen case that keeps them out of the direct exposure of sunlight and heat you know changes mm-hmm. because i think that would probably be your your main culprits of ink evaporation is exposing them to you know, say being outside right. or being uh like under a fluorescent lamp for quite some time that uh mm-hmm. they could start to dry out and it also could cause some issues with pressure changes especially if you have a vacuum filling pen or an eyedropper fill pen yeah. if you have it under you know direct heat or light it could cause some right. ink burping and stuff like that right well, Esther, thanks for the question. Next one is from Tom. Not you, Tom, but another Tom. There's another Tom. Hi there. Is it worth the time and money to replace a feed with an ebonite feed on a Pilot Custom 823? I was wondering if it makes it wetter to do so. Thank mm-hmm. you, Tom. Yes. That really depends on how much it costs, right? Flexible, flexible like nib factory is, is a, is a is very it? popular choice for people. To, mm-hmm. especially if they do the customization of the 912. So I think they have 823 feeds, and they also have the ones that are made for the 912 as well. Mm-hmm. They um, they are for FA nibs particularly. So the, the issue with that some people say with the FA on the 912 is that it doesn't quite, the plastic feed on it doesn't quite keep up with rigorous flexing. So... Mm. They go to this website, FlexibleNibFactory.com, I believe. Not affiliated whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've heard a lot of people have amazing, amazing experiences with then swapping the feed with an ebonite Mm -hmm. feed from that website. Yeah. And then the ink flow is then so much wetter. They have two different options. I think they have one that has a single channel and then a dual channel feed as well Mm -hmm. so you could really amp up the wetness on that nib Mm -hmm. which then for sure you know if you do it on an 823 even if you don't have an fa nib if you just have a regular fine or medium nib it will give you extra flow so give it give it a bit of a wetter flow on that so but you do Mm -hmm. you do have to just be careful because you are taking the nib out yourself if you're familiar with doing little nib changes and things like that shouldn't be too difficult but you just want to be careful because you never know. All right. So what is this, what does this custom feed cost? Uh, let's see. Nib factory. Let me look it up here. Just give me a second. Just take it a look. Sure. You can. So everybody watching, you can't see because it's off screen. But my cat Garfield, he keeps like reaching up and tapping me for pets. It's the cutest thing. He's <laughs> looking for he the love does today. This one at my desk. Yeah, he always does this. So let's see. He's cats are the cutest things in the world. I love dogs too. I'm not, I don't. I just can't have one where I live. So the website I was incorrect before. It's not flexiblenibfactory.com. It's just flexiblenib.com. So you can okay. look at that. There are feeds, housings. There's stuff for Yovo, but particularly they have you know 743 FA replacement nib. They have 912 replacement um, feeds, I mean. Um, I think the 743 might be the same as the 823. Is that correct? No. No? I don't know. It's not? I'm just saying, I'm just saying no because the numbers sound drastically different, but I have no knowledge well, of Well, for what, example, the, was it the... <laughs> was it the pilot? 
No, it is it is the same, right? The seven. So the seven forty three right. is isn't that the yeah that's the new that's the new one that's a cartridge converter, the but it's the same model as the mm-hmm. as the eight twenty three. So it does the number fifteen nibs. Yeah. So it does say it on here. Mm-hmm. So it says pilot seven forty three slash eight twenty three FA size number fifteen replacement feed to improve ink flow over the standard feed. There's this one has uh-huh. a three sl- slit ink slot for use with dry inks or those who prefer wet nibs. So mm. uh, here I see you. They have them in stock where is there even? oh price is 27 dollars for the uh, black ebonite feed so not a i, I mean, it's only 27 dollars only 27 dollars i mean you look at it this way your writing experience could be greatly improved using that feed so and it would make it the most ideal writing experience for you 27 dollars really not a big deal Right, so for $27 on a pen that costs almost $200, you're completely and total maxim- totally maximizing its ability. Oh, I think it's, I was thinking don't if cost, it's like 100 you're bucks. Thinking, you're thinking many, many years ago, 743s cost a lot more than that. <laughs> or even the nine, 912s and stuff like that. The 743 is $336. The 823 now, with the price increase from earlier in the year is now 335.95 and these are street prices by the way and then the 912 is actually the cheapest at 280 dollars for a 912 well fuck so i mean just (laughs) in the whole scheme of things an extra 20 30 bucks to maximize that pen that you bought for nearly 300 dollars is completely and totally worth it and i was gonna say it's relative before because i i just had the impression that maybe the custom ebonite feed would cost a hundred bucks and it's like well it depends on how much you value flex nib writing if you if you're not a flex nib person then it's not worth it at all but even if you're not like this is a great way of inexpensively experimenting with the best possible flex writing experience for or even if you just want a wetter writing experience overall right yeah so definitely the answer to the question there tom Tom who emailed us, not Tom who's sitting in sitting front of me. Right here. It is worth the time and money to replace a feed with an Ebonite feed on a Pilot Custom 823. 100%. Yeah. And you know from... what I love? So the 743 has popped up on my list of a pen that I am curious to get in the future because mm. differing from the 823. The 823 is a vacuum filler. It's long considered to be a grail type pen, one that a lot sure. of people have in their collection. Superior writing experience, beautiful nib. And the designs is just classic. So the 743 has got the same design overall and the same classic right. appeal. And on top of that, you've got, you know, one thing that people may say is like, oh, well, I like a vacuum fill because I like maximum ink capacity. I like the fact that it's got an old, you know, rather not old timey, but like it that the pen fills itself. It doesn't have a cartridge converter system. But I like a cartridge converter because at least the converter, and this is a Con 70 converter, not that shame of a converter the con 40 this yeah. seven the 743 has a con 70 and at the same time also has a larger arrangement of nibs that you could choose from other than fine medium broad it also has double broad and the mm. falcon nib and extra fine so the, F, right. the falcon fa nib is what i would definitely get on that i would get the ebonite feed and on top of that the custom 743 was introduced i think later part of last year in the regular smoke and then just right after that, they included a 743 in Verdigris green that was available in just the United States, which tells me 
that they're going to be looking to maybe make this a more uh, like a more vibrant uh, part of the pilot collection where they'll be making, mm. let's say, limited uh, colors or just be making different colors other than smoke and amber, which is the only colors you could buy the A23 in. So mm. I, I'm like looking at this at this particular line with great interest and in seeing in what at some point later on, maybe they'll make a finish that. Uh, I mean, I like the verdigris, but like, I, you know, I'm not like a total green type of person. You might be more Jones in for that verdigree than I would. I'm thinking something like a little bit more exotic or blue or I don't know, something, something a little bit more different than that in the future. Hopefully. All right. All right. That's good information. I hope that answers your question. Other Tom. Yes. Let's move on to Donna S. Hello. So I want to enter the ink flight, but I'm really glad to have your email for this question. I'm new to fountain pens, welcome, and I currently have two. We need to fix that. A Conklin <laughs> Abalone shell pen and a Twisby Eco T. I'm looking at other pens, but I'm not sure how to find styles and makes of pens that are similar to the ones I currently have because I love the way the Conklin writes. Mm. I have a 1.1 millimeter nib on the Conklin and the same on the Twisby. I love a broad line and dark inks, and I use my pens daily for work and journaling. How does one go about finding new pens to collect? Do you have to try them all in person? Are pen shows the way to go? Any insight you can share would be appreciated. Okay, so we're going to have to answer these a little bit quicker than we were with the other ones because we're running out of time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take thirty seconds and then I'm gonna give you thirty seconds, right? Okay. It's like my answer to this one. All right. So I'm gonna my answer to this one is when it comes to buying new pens, you don't have access accessibility to shows because shows don't happen every day. They happen here and there. If you have a retail store near you that does sell fountain pens, I say go there and try them out. And if you don't have that, then I think it's kind of like you go online, you find something that you like the look of, and then you do a little bit of research on the pen. What kind of nib does it have? For example, the pens that you mentioned, both are stub 1.1s and they're both Yovo nibs. So there are three different types of nibs out there, three major types. That's the Yovo. That's the one that you have on your Twisby Eco and the Conklin Abalone Shell. There's Bach, which you don't have any of. And there's Schmidt. Okay, so if you like the way the pens that you have write, then you want to look for pens that say, that say they have Yovo nibs. And then after you find that out, rather, before you find that out, you have to look at pens that you actually like the aesthetic of. And you kind of take a risk. You're, you're buying the pen and you're taking a little jump of faith. I don't want to say leap of faith, but a little jump. If you're buying it from Goldspot, you're buying it from Pen Chalet, you're buying it from Goulet, you're buying it from... I can't, uh, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But these retailers, mm -hmm. then the leap becomes a little hop because if you don't like it, they'll take care of you. So that's all I have for Donna's question. You want to answer her question sure and that was going to be something the yovo connection was going to be something i was going to touch on because you could easily then find other pens that would be in that 
similar realm in that price range right. too. I don't know if price is going to be that much of a concern, but you could explore outwards from there. I would also look at particularly I I I've, you know you could go to let's say a website like Goldspot and you could so sort the massive selection of thousands of pens by price, but also more importantly by nib size. So you could look it up and say I only am interested in looking at stub nibs. So there's a filter when you go to let's say looking at fountain pens under a hundred dollars then you could go hit that filter stub italic nibs and it will list all the pens available in a stub nib then one things that come up on when i was looking at that search uh, is looking at uh, novelor or narwhal um, they do make a pretty nice 1.1 millimeter stub and there's a lot of pens that are in that sort of price range that have piston fill or vacuum fill. So I think that's a that's a pretty good place to look mm -hmm. at, particularly because uh, you liked the uh, Conklin with the abalone shell. So there's a lot of very colorful, swirly acrylics available in that. And then also you like the Twisby probably because of the, the piston uh, filling mechanism as well. Uh, another brand I would also take a look at too, if we want to maybe switch it up and do a pocket pen would be uh, Kaveco. I like Kaveco's. I like if uh, if you want to look at a broad nib in that, um, that's a fun pen to have as like a daily, everyday carry sort of pen. Um, but yeah, it's it's if you're also happy with what you're happy with, then just stick with it. And then if you do come across a situation where you could go to a pen show, or a pen shop, and you kind of already have a good idea of what you like and what you enjoy and what you get out of writing. So as long as you tell the person at the table or at the shop, this is what I like. Maybe you could suggest some things for me that are relatively in this same area. Then they could give you some ideas as then, you know, and then actually physically hand you the pen so that you could hold it, try it out, you know, kind of get a feel for what you might enjoy there. Okay. So I'm going to move on to the next question. This next question was actually, so we have to pick a winner, first of all. Do you mind if I pick the winner? No, go ahead. I want to, Carolyn's new. She wins because she's new, and I want to welcome her into the Fountain Pen community, podcasting, social media, anything Fountain Pen related. So she wins. She wins an ink flight box to use with her new pens. Congratulations. Congratulations, Carolyn. The next question comes from Clark. And this was actually before the giveaway, so this one's not eligible, but Clark is a cool dude. Good morning, afternoon, evening. I was just sitting here looking at my 10-gallon aquarium while listening to the podcast. Then I started thinking about the future of my 10-gallon tank. Currently, it is home to a few fish, a blue garami, Pablo, and three guppies. They're the tank mates. I am thinking when the time comes that I may like to buy a betta fish for this tank. I was wondering if you could offer some advice to caring for a betta compared to other fish. They do, do they require anything special outside the normal aquarium accessories and additional information would be appreciated. My other tank is full of convict cichlids, which I have raised from tiny fry. Aw. So that tank is good for now. Lol. Looking forward to the fountain pen fish drawing. That's right. I got to do that. I've been so busy with this whole class that I'm taking that I'm for work and stuff. But Okay. 10 gallon, you got guppies. It depends on the type of guppies. Are they fancy guppies or are they like feeder guppies? If they're fancy guppies, because fancy guppies have such flary fins and they look almost like a betta to a betta, you can't add them together because then you're going to have dead guppies because the betta will kill those guppies. Why? Because they're, they're now, fancy like the betta? Right. So the fa fancy guppies have flowy fins. 
And the, the bettas will just take that as a threat to their flowiness. They're, so betta fish are very territorial. That's why they got that name Siamese fighting fish. They're very uh-huh. territorial. You put two bettas in the same tank, they will kill each other. Also, the garami is a cousin in, within the same like species to the betta fish. So if I you see. put the garami, a dwarf garami, with a betta, they will also kill each other. So you can't add the betta there. Now let's say the three guppies, if they're all males and eventually they their time comes and they're not in the tank anymore mm-hmm. and then you want to put a betta in that tank you'd be fine because the water parameters that a betta needs are the same as a garami guppies are very hardy so they can go from a ph of 6.0 to 8.0 bettas really like a ph of 6.5 to 7 around there they like a little softer more acidic water so lower ph like i said you don't want to go below six if you go below six you're pH crashed and the beneficial bacteria will no longer go through the nitrogen cycle, which is bad because then that increased nitrogen, uh, increased ammonia and increased nitrite could kill them. Your other tank full of cichlids, you can't put a beta in there. And the reason why is because cichlids require a higher pH and because cichlids require a higher pH, you can't really mix them if you have a cichlid tank, I'm assuming you have like crushed coral somewhere in the tank and you're keeping the pH over 7. So I, d- I don't know if that's optimal for a beta. And also, I'm not sure if they're great tank mates. But for a beta, you just need a minimum of 5 gallons, which is you have a 10. That's great. You need filtration. You need a heater at 78 degrees. And that's pretty much it. If you have tank mates, make sure they're not flary-looking tank mates like fancy guppies. If you have plain old feeder guppies, they're great pets too. I'm I'm not big into feeding like live creatures to other live creatures. I can't watch that. But for three guppies, if they're fancy guppies, I wouldn't add a beta at this time. So thank you for that question. And then he also sent guppies. another one where right. Austere Another one modest he showed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another one he sends us a picture of his dwarf blue powder blue garami, Pablo. It's very nice. Oh, also, I'm looking at the picture that you sent me. I'm looking at a lot of artificial plants. There's nothing wrong with that, but make sure you're up on your take maintenance because if you only have artificial plants the nitrogen cycle will happen and then the final product of nitrate has nowhere to go unless you do water changing with live plants live plants actually consume the nitrate and require you to do a little less water changes than you would normally okay okay so i also a couple of weeks ago i a couple of episodes ago i asked people for suggestions on names Right, mm-hmm. of my my new betta fish, right, the white and pink one that was on Instagram. Yes. So I'm gonna read some. I I already decided what to name him, okay, and the the name that I gave him comes from. I'm gonna tell you what the name is, and I gotta find whoever it was that sent it to me because that person needs to get something because I think we did say that if you help me find a name they win something right isn't that right i believe so okay try to think what it was that we did for that i can't remember we have to look into it but so the name that i'm going with is yurushi 
Nice. I like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. My wife really likes the idea of naming him Yerushi. I just need to find who the hell it was that said. So whoever it was that suggested it also said you should call it Yerushi, the Yerushi Sushi. I'm not naming him Sushi. It just seems really wrong mm. because my wife is like, no, don't use Sushi because Sushi is a dead fish, you know? It's like saying, so said, uh, okay. calling somebody uh, Hannibal the Cannibal. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm just saying yes out of courtesy. I don't really think it, it parallels. I don't know. But whoever it is that decided to call it Yerushi the Sushi, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look through the messages and then... I'm going to – you'll get something from me and give away when we figure out what exactly it was that we were supposed to give away. Or maybe, or maybe they'll reach shit. out. They'll like be listening to that episode, this episode, and say, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. and then I win that thing. It was Roy's pen, the one that he really likes so much. He he was offering it. Yeah. The name. Yeah. Right. So I got to find who it was. But Yurushi the Sushi, not quite – what I had in mind, so it is just going to be Yerushi, but you did give me that idea that I didn't have, so you win. But I want to just read this email really quick from our friend Erie. Good morning, Pentertainment. I took a peek at Mr. Roy's new beta on his Instagram photos. He's really pretty. No wonder Mr. Roy kept thinking about him. <laughs> that said, my suggestion could would be Cupid, as he is also part of Greek mythology, because I named my other fish at work kratos and he's got red fin he's a he's a red red dragon mm -hmm. platinum placot since the name cupid means passionate desire and he is also the god of such feelings i think the name really represents the initial encounter with him that's really sweet mm -hmm. yeah yeah i hope you and your families are having a wonderful day thank you looking forward to the next podcast all right thank you very much i like it his, his YouTube account name is Lumpy Shroomy. I like it. Okay. This is another one I liked. So Jacob writes in, Hi, PBR. The name of the fish shall be. I love how he says shall be. <laughs> Pinky Pearl. I like that name. I have Natalie. Is that? Mm -hmm. Or Natalie. Natalie. Mm -hmm. Natalie writes, Dear PBR and Odd Oink. I love this week's podcast. As always, I like listening to your banter about fountain pens and fish while I work. I think Falker might be a great name for you to better. Falker is a character in The NeverEnding Story by Michael Ende and is a luck dragon with pearly white scales that glitter pink. I think this description fits your better, and I think he might, be, he might like to be named after a dragon. Keep up the great fountain pen and fish content. I will be listening. Thank you, Nathalie. So wait a minute. Falker was the big dragon dog, no? I, I, I can't actually remember. Admit, I've never seen that movie before, so you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. I don't know why, but when the kid goes into the attic and eats a peanut butter sandwich, it makes me crave peanut butter sandwiches. Um, I anyway. always crave peanut butter sandwiches, so <laughs> probably just I would just be having a tub of peanut butter in my lap at that moment. Right. I got another email from Marcia. I think your fish should be Calypso. She was a sea nymph, daughter of the Titan Atlas. Cool. Calypso seduced Odysseus and held, and held him captive for seven years until Athena made her let him go. I figure she was beautiful. 
I like the connection to like Norse North. That's Norse mythology, right? I think that's really cool. That's Greek but mythology, I think. Still Greek mythology. Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently, and for sure, Marcia is far more educated in that realm because my my Greek mythology, North Norse mythology knowledge comes from the God of War video game on PlayStation. So <laughs> she definitely knows what she's talking about. However, the beta that I have is a male placat beta. So okay. since it's a male beta, I don't want to give my male beta a female name. Well, you have a great reserve of names now to select for future fish. So Right. So if I do get new fish, then yes. Okay. So Naya also on a friend of ours on Instagram who follows the channel. He writes, as mentioned on Instagram, I believe your amazing new fish deserves an amazing name and that name should be Betatron, the destroyer of worlds. Hope that helps. Love the name. And I think that I, as much as I love it, we're, we're probably going to pass on that one, right? It's too long. Right, so like, if I'm like, "Hey, honey, can you do me a favor and feed my fish, Betatron, the Destroyer of Worlds?" It, mm. It's just, it's too much, you know. But I do like where he's coming from. So this is I dip bananas in coffee. Mm-hmm. So he, on Instagram, and uh, and on. I dip bananas in coffee. One, I think the endless zipper pouch, uh-huh. the zipper case for a a different giveaway, and uh-huh. and it was it was funny because at the same time. I started to explore with my morning shake that I'll usually make with, I usually make it with a base of frozen bananas. And just Mm. recently I've started to experiment with throwing like an espresso coffee in with it as well. So I'll do like a double espresso and put it in with the banana or like a cold brew and put it in with the banana. And I'm like, I'm kind of sold on this. So I just had to Mm. mention that I dip bananas in coffee. I'm, I'm, even though it sounds strange, I'm kind of mm. right there with you. So, mm. I hear you. Yeah. So, what? How much time do we have? Do we have time for some more emails? Well, we we hit the the mailbag pretty heavy today. Well, yeah. You know what it is? Like I feel like. S- s- you know what it is? Like I feel as though. A lot of times. You know, we get up here, and and don't get me wrong, Tom. I love bantering with you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wanna. I think the whole point of this is for you and me to connect with people. Yes. And I think that if I think really talking about what people are saying mm-hmm. is really effective in connecting with them, and I do want to connect with them because. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much. Know, I, I mean, at the same time, yeah, I love just being able to shoot the breeze with you. At the same time, mm-hmm. though, providing lots of value for the folks that listen to us, in which I know that yeah. a lot of value comes out of being able to have that dialogue with them and answer questions. Yeah, that they and may also, have. it also feels like I'm shooting the breeze with them, also. Yeah. Right? So let's just take a few more minutes. I want to just go back to episode number 162 on YouTube and read out some comments and then respond to them. Some of them I responded to on YouTube. And. At Nick Clyte nine days ago, here's so I really like this comment because he created a new word. Thank you for being our pen sensei. Our pen sensei. Oh, I love that. Pen sensei. Were you at 162? I'm I'm just catching up with you right now, so I'm just looking. Yeah, yeah. Episode on. 162. I love I love that word. Pen sensei. Sense. Get it? Sensei. Pen sensei. Yes. Pen sensei. 
you know, just a real di digression. Let me digress a little bit. So my PlayStation Online screen name, I would, when I was making it, like back when PlayStation 2 came out, I couldn't think of anything. And then my friend helped me come up with Samurai. S-A-M-U-R-O-Y. Right? So like Love Samurai, it. but Samurai. Love it. It's been that ever fucking sense. Pensei is is so I'm gonna totally steal it. I think I even said I I even said to him, Don't tell anybody I said this to him. I love that word. I think I'm gonna steal it. Mm hmm You know? So he writes, Thanks for being our pen sensei, our Pensei, I think you giving your honest opinion is refreshing. Too many pen videos are too sale oriented. We need more honest evaluation. Otherwise, the community the community doesn't improve, and that's a hundred percent true. Okay, the next one. I want that. Uh, we don't have time to read all of them. Yeah, there's there's so actually quite to... a few. Surprisingly, I didn't realize that there was yeah. so many. Uh, this is good to look at. I, I like this. So I'm I'm just reading yeah. through them as you're talking here, and I'm like, ooh, this is yeah, a lot of good so... stuff. So uh, my friend Marilyn, she writes, Hi, Roy and Tom. Thanks for the shout-out. I did put a Twisby mini nib in the Levenger True Writer. The whole nib section screws right in. I don't really mind the mixed branding, but the Levenger branding on the pen I have is pretty minor. Just a name on the clip. And all the trims are silver like the nib. Mismatched metal colors would be awful. I agree. It would be. Mm -hmm. I think it would drive me crazy if the two brands were more prominent and they didn't match. Like, it drives me crazy. So she's agreeing with me because mm -hmm. I'm always right. Somewhat, I don't remember the name though. of the true writer. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the true writer I kept, but it's a translucent aquamarine plastic. I never did own a Kyoto. Roy, the word you may have been looking for is oblique, not ominous. Sorry, I was being oblique. <laughs> you got good words, though. Mm -hmm. So she's right. I do got good words. Thanks, Marilyn, for listening. Okay. Lauren, at Lauren8367 writes, While the generally friendly culture of the fountain pen world is a welcome respite from our times, what does IAW stand for? She writes, IAW, fountain pen technology itself, people can confuse friendliness with a lack of critical thinking. with. Oh, Okay. So in accordance with fountain pen technology itself, people can confuse friendliness with a lack of critical thinking and accountability, which is no bueno. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, no good. Toxic conformity opens the community to exploitation. Note recent spate of thefts at pen shows, price gouging, emphasis marketing over quality, etc., etc., etc. Thank you for being honest and doing so with thoughtfulness for the right reasons. Well... Lauren8367, thank you very much for that feedback. Yes, I do think that the friendly culture, and the same thing exists in the fish keeping world, friendly culture in the fountain pen industry is wonderful. But at the same time, what needs to be said has to be said. Because just to be friendly, I'm not going to turn around and say, hey, look, this piece of shit pen is fantastic. The makers are fantastic. This is great. You guys should get it. I'm being overly friendly, and now I am recommending and I'm influencing someone to spend their money on a piece of shit just to be friendly, right? Mm -hmm. So who's that helping? It's helping nobody. If a piece of shit is a piece of shit, there are ways of saying, hey, this is a piece of shit. I'm not going to say, hey, this pen is made by these people. You know, fuck their families. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to just talk about, listen, what? this pen is 
this pen is bad and this sex you gotta say you gotta say what you gotta say right right so you know when it comes to the drama that i very objective about things and you know not be carried away in the euphoria of being part of the fountain pen community i i think that what the exactly what laura's saying on there is is you know you're you're allowed to be in an individual who has their own opinions and right fountain pens come in all sorts of shapes and sizes brands makers nibs everything you're allowed to say i don't like this one for whatever reason that you may come up mm-hmm. with and it is it does not need to be justified it could just be like i just don't like the people that are part of this brand okay right uh, you know like you are right. allowed to have your opinions about things and you know if if somebody doesn't necessarily agree with that then they could have their own opinion but like to say that oh well they're incorrect you know yeah. factually so doesn't y- you, know, you know what it is is also like like so Michael Bloom, the owner of the Long Island Pen Show, or rather New York Metropolitan Pen Show, I think fell victim to this. He received opinions about a show from me, and the show, the opinions on the show were my honest opinions. They didn't conform with what he wanted me to say. So he started to hear what he, like, he started to hear what he wanted to out of anger. Like, he said to me that, I said I saw no nib people there, and he's saying there were three. Now, in the show, I actually said, I don't remember seeing them. That doesn't mean they weren't there. They could have been there. I just wasn't looking for them. I started looking for them and then got distracted and stopped looking for them. He also says that I said that people were selling broken pens. I actually listened to the episode again. I never mentioned anybody selling broken pens. So he said, you mentioned certain people not being there and they left the business years ago. So again, I listened to the episode. I wasn't saying that they weren't there. I said, I would like to see them there. I'd like to see other retailers there. I want to see this people. And I cited examples, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he also turns around and it's like, we went, we communicated back and forth and I tried to explain to him that I was just hoping that we could offer him information so he can grow this show, that there's growth available if people are open-minded and accept criticism. And if some people don't, some people aren't like that. Some people don't want to hear it, you know? And his response was that he says, no, he doesn't need to grow. He's been doing this for years. And then he says to me, it's obvious you think of yourself as an expert and no one has the right to tell you anything in the same sentence that he's telling me that he doesn't need to grow. So at that point in time, I'm just like, all right, that's, you know. Yeah, we don't, we don't need it to is belabor what it is. the and point. I, I was, it, just, it just is what it is. And yeah. 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 Just agree so to disagree like, and that's about it. Yeah. I think that's that's really where we're at with that. And he... He's probably never going to speak to me again, but sometimes that's the cost of honesty, right? Some people just can't handle the truth or some people just can't handle criticism and, and you know, that's fine. It is what it is. I'm sad about it though. I'll mm-hmm. tell you because, you know, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. 
Yeah, so like we were does... saying in the other episode, it's like, yeah, I would want to purposefully take away or, you know, undermine a pen show that is in my backyard, you know, right. not literally, 100%. but just, just saying like, there's not that many of them that pop up around the area. Yeah. And there's not yeah. many of them that are that close that you could be able to drive to and not have to spend many hours on the road, you know, going to drive to this mm -hmm. pen show or to having to get a hotel. And you would then mm -hmm. decide to shoot yourself in the foot to then want ill will being put on the show so that you would never have to go back to it. Like, what point mm -hmm. is there? You're into fountain mm -hmm. pens. You would love to see a major fountain pen show that is within easy driving distance to you. So, yeah. you know, looking at that motivation is like, I, I don't know how you could not see that there was some degree of you know, commitment that you had to this and that you wanted to see it succeed. Not that you wanted to Absolutely. just blow it all up and say, Oh, you know what? Nah, I don't like it. So it's, I hope <laughs> it dies. And it's like, no, it's, that's the complete yeah. opposite. Uh huh. Yeah. So anyway, I think that is, I want to close the show with something positive though. I want to just go back to everybody. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your questions. We, I, I think we had a great time addressing questions and, and doing stuff like this. It, it certainly, I do love the fish keeping questions too. I'm no expert, but if you guys have fish keeping questions, you certainly sound like you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to fish keeping. Oh, I just have to sit not. here and just be like, uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I have no, I, I can't provide any source of knowledge. I could just only make comments about how funny things can sound, you know, mm. I just, I don't know. So, well, I do appreciate everybody's questions about the fountain pens. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at pentertainmentpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at ink journal or at penboyroy or yeah, just I would really like to have more questions and comments. I would definitely like to share and interact with you guys. This is probably one of the longer episodes we've done, but it's just so much fun. We lose track with so much. I think so much good pen talk and some. I think yeah. some really good discussions that we were having. So I, I think it was very good. Yeah, yeah. And if you guys have any questions, please email us, write us. If you have any comments or anything you want us to share. Any shout-outs for anybody, let me know, and we will do so. Thanks again for being here. Love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay inky.